You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. If you're new here, we've, we've been in a series called Jehovah. In fact, everyone say that for me. Say Jehovah. Come on, say it kind of spiritual, kind of like you mean it. Say Jehovah. We've been talking about Jehovah, and we've been talking about the names of God. We're talking about the names of God because the names of God reveal the character of God. And we've been saying this, that God doesn't want us to just know his names. He wants us to experience his names. Last week, we talked about how he is Jehovah Jireh. We were joking around. If you've been in church for a long time, we've been joking around at that old school song, Jehovah Jireh. Uh, we've, been t- we've talked about how he is our provider, how we, he doesn't want us to just know that he's our provider. He wants us to experience his provision personally. And today is one of those messages. It's one of those names, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. It is one of those messages that is the most personal. Because have you ever been really sick? Like, have you ever been like flu or, uh, you know, food poisoning sick before anybody? Uh, Come on now. Like awful sick. You know, whenever you're really, really sick, one time, I won't go into the details, but one time Whataburger got me good, okay? I haven't been back since, okay? They got me. I trusted them for years, and they got me good. I haven't gone back. I've thought about it, but I I haven't done it. They got me good, okay? And, and in that moment, in the middle of the night, when I was crying out to Jesus for some help, okay? Again, I won't get too detailed, but here's, here's what I'm starting to say. I was not thinking about how nice my house was or how small and not nice my house was. I didn't care what vehicle I drove, right? I didn't care about the physical things. I didn't care how much money was in my bank account. All I cared about was getting well again, have you ever been there before? Where I'm so sick, I just want to feel normal. I can't remember, I can't believe that I took um, for granted feeling healthy, being in that moment. Healing and health for our physical body is such a personal thing. And when God moves supernaturally, it is one of those times in our lives that it is a, it's a direct love note to you. So much so because it's undeniable. When God divinely heals someone, there's nothing you can say against it because it's like the doctors can't make sense of it. Look what God did. And for that person that experienced the healing, or maybe it was for a family member and they witnessed it, their lives are changed because it's a personal thing. It is life and death in many instances. And God in his word reveals to us a name of him that is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And God's prayer for us today, this isn't just an Old Testament name. His prayer for us today and his hope is that we wouldn't just know him. Oh, yeah, God, God wants to heal or he does heal. No, he, he wants you to know that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you in 2021. He wants you to understand that. We all, we've also said this leading in the, into this series. We've said this, that God's will for our lives is not just what he wants to do. God's will for our lives is who he is. It's not just what he wants to do, it's who he is. So last week we talked about provision. Well, I don't know if it's God's will for him to provide for that need. Well, 
His will is who he is. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Today we're going to talk about, well, is it God's will for me to be healed, for my family member to be healed, for me to walk in health? His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And we're going to see how in God's word it's so simple, how he lays it out. From when he reveals this name, he shows us today in 2021 how we can receive and experience his healing power. Are you ready? You ready to dive into God's word? It's going to be good. So here we go. If you brought your Bible, you can go to Exodus 15, Exodus 15, in verse 22 is where we're going to start. There's this interesting short story here, Exodus 15, verse 22. This is where we see the name Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. There's this interesting story. We're going to read it really quick, and we're going to see how it applies to us today. So here it is, uh, Exodus 15, 22. It says this. So Moses, he brought Israel from, uh, from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah, for it was bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, Moses, what are we doing here, man? What shall we drink? What are we going to drink? You brought us here. It's been three days. We're thirsty. Our animals are thirsty. What are we going to drink? They cried out to him. And so in, in verse 25, so he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Remember that. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a, a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. And, and he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statute. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. In that very last part, the Lord who heals you, this is where we get Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals. There's a lot in these few short verses here, but let me break it down just a little bit. The first thing he reveals is this, is that when I'm in obedient covenant relationship with God, his promise is complete healing. This was an Old Testament guarantee in this covenant, but it's also the same for us today. He says, look, if you will walk in agreement with me and do your part, do what I've asked you to do, he says, I'm not going to give you any of those diseases. I'm the Lord who heals you. I will help you walk in perfect health. He's saying, he's reminding us of the partnership. Last week we talked about that. Everybody wants God's provision, but they forget about the partnership that comes with provision. We have a part to play. We talked about how it's like a, a seesaw or, or a teeter-totter from the, like your, uh, your playground growing up, right? God's on one side, we're on the other. How many of you know, if you've ever been on one of those, if only one person's doing all the work, it's no fun, right? It doesn't work that way. It takes two people working together. We move then God moves. We move, then God moves. It's a partnership. And here, God's reiterating that with another one of his names. He says, look, if you will do this, I will promise this, and you'll see it. You'll see it come to pass. The other thing he reveals to us is this, is that God doesn't want the pollution of this fallen world to infect his family. So what? They come up to this, the, the waters here, and the waters are bitter. They can't drink it. They can't use it. It's polluted water. And he's reminding us, look, all of that nastiness, that's not for you. God promises sweet water, and that's what he shows for his, his people. He says, not only am I, I'm going to take bitter water, and I'm just not just going to clear it and make it drinkable. 
He said, I'm going to take bitter water and I'm going to make it sweet. He goes above and beyond, greater than we can ask or think. That's our God. He says, I'm not just going to say, I'm not, I'm not just going to take it from, from bitter to good, bitter to sweet. The reason Egypt was full of disease and the reason God had to move and to give them all of that is because Egypt was full of idolatry. Egypt was full of idolatry. That's a different message, but I'm going to keep moving here. Okay, I could get into that, but I have a limited amount of time because there's a lot to get to. Here's what's interesting that we need to see for today, and it's this. The way that the water was turned from bitter to sweet is through a tree. The way that the water was turned from bitter to sweet, not drinkable, polluted, disease-filled, to sweet and drinkable and satisfying was through a tree. And here's what God's showing us in this name, Jehovah Rapha. He says, look, the way that we today in 2021 will experience our lives moving from bitter to sweet is through the cross of Jesus who was crucified. He was crucified on a tree. It's still pointing to Jesus. How odd for, him, for God to say, take the tree and put it in the water. Like, we want God, we want to pray and say, God, will you fix the water and let him just do it automatically? But what does God say once again? Let's partner together. Do you have the faith to take the tree, the branch, whatever, the log, and put it in the water? That makes no sense naturally, but do you have the faith to do it? And if you will, I'll make it sweet water for you. And God is saying this, look, if I want, if there's bitter, bitter stuff in my life, whether it's physically because of a sickness, illness, a pain, whether it's mentally, depression, anxiety, whether it's spiritually, I'm far from God, I'm just trapped by sin, I can't get over this addiction. If there's bitterness in my life in any area, he's saying, look, the only way for you to get rid of that and to experience the sweetness that God has for you is through the tree that Jesus was crucified on. He's saying you have to go through Jesus. You have to look at Jesus, put your faith in Jesus, and believe fully in what he said and did. And only then will you experience healing from what you have. And not just, oh, I feel a little bit better. Sweet versus bitter. Way better. Above and beyond anything we can ask, think, or imagine. That's our God. So here's what we have to realize today. Here's how that applies to us today. Point number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Healing is a part of the salvation package. Healing is a part of the salvation package. If we're not careful, we, we can, salvation is so important. It's everything, right? It makes me a part of God's family. Salvation is huge. But many times we put all of our faith in salvation, but then we forget that with salvation comes the kingdom of God, which is a lot of things that we have access to. Many times we step into it, but we forget that I have access to different things here. We just got out of a Holy Spirit series, and we have access to a prayer language that we can talk to God directly. We have access to the gifts of the Spirit in there that we can use to minister to people. There's different things that we can ask, access, and healing is one of those. Look at Psalm 103, verses 2 through 3. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Everybody say Benefits. You ever had a really good job that had great benefits? Like, how thankful for that are you? Yeah, I, man, incredible. Benefits, it's a good thing. Benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, which is your sin, who heals all your diseases. This is a part of the salvation package. Who heals some? No. Who heals the big? No. Who heals the little? No. 
all your diseases, just like he washed away all my iniquities. This is the promise from God. Healing is a primary issue to Jesus. You cannot read the Gospels, right? I cannot read the Gospels, look at the life of Jesus, and not see him do three major things, preaching, teaching, and healing. That's what he did. And by doing so, he was, he was showing us this is a look into the kingdom of God, supernatural wisdom, freedom from sin, and healing for your body. He said, this is, where, this is what I'm going to do, preach, teach, and heal. I'm going to heal everybody that I come into contact with. When they come to me, I'm going to meet them right where they're at. Healing is a primary issue to Jesus. In the atonement, healing sits right beside the forgiveness of sins. Right beside. I would just challenge you. Look, just read through your Bible. Look at all the places where we see it talked about the forgiveness of sins and see how many times physical healing is partnered right next to it. Time and time and time again. Over and over. Here's a great example. Isaiah 53, 5. It says, but he, speaking of Jesus, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. He wants to come and he wants to meet you. Salvation. Forgive your sins. Separate it from you as far as the east is from the west. It says he just wants to wash you, make you brand new on the inside, put a new spirit in you. He says, I'm going to give you peace of my spirit, the Holy Spirit. But then above and beyond, he says, I have healing for your body. Complete healing for your body. Jesus bore your sins on the cross. And at the same time he was bearing our sins, God placed all sickness on Jesus as well. And like I said, I think if we're not careful, many times we can overlook some of these key scriptures that talk about this. Let's look at a few of them. Matthew eight seventeen, He took on himself our sickness and he carried away our diseases. There's some key verbiage in here. Our, right? Our sickness, our disease. But what did Jesus do with it? He didn't just leave it as ours. It says he carried away. He took it on him. He said, give it to me. He said, would you give it to me? The pain and the illness and the sickness, would you, just, would you have the faith to say, God, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I give it to you, Jesus. I trust you with this. Many times we have faith to believe in salvation, that he would, he would forgive me of my sins, but I lack the faith to believe that he would heal me. But which one is more difficult, honestly? Which one's more difficult, to, to forgive me of all the things I've ever done wrong and cleanse me and make me righteous so I can be in the presence of God? That is pretty heavy versus healing something in my physical body, which is just an earth suit that's here today, but when I go to heaven, it's going to be gone. Look at the scale. If we have faith for salvation, we can have faith for healing. And God's word says when we do, we get to experience it, but even above and beyond, we get to minister it to other people. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to get to that in just a second. Isaiah 52, 14. His appearance was so disfigured that he did not look like a man, and his form did not resemble a human being. Man, Jesus was beaten badly. And I think many times 
we get comfortable with that. Many times we read our, our Bible, and how many times have I, have I come to the time when Jesus is being crucified, and I say, I know that story. Or I just breeze through it, and I don't take time to read slowly and remember what my Savior did for me. He was beaten badly. His body was torn apart. But also, according to Scripture, all sickness and disease was placed on Jesus, and it disfigured him even more so than his wounds. He, was, he, he wasn't even recognizable as a human being. Cancer and tumors, all disease placed on him. Why? For you. For you. He said, give it to me. He said, I'm Jesus. I can handle it. And he saw you today in this room in 2021. And he knows what you're dealing with in your body. And he says, give it to me. I'll take it, and I'll pay the price so that you don't have to carry it out of here. I'll take it. Healing is a primary issue to Jesus, and he came to fix it. He came to take it upon himself and to put it in the grave and to leave it there, not to dig it back up or to give it to you to test your faith. We never see anyone come to Jesus and say, Jesus, will you heal me? And him say, you know, I'm going to use this sickness to really grow your faith. I'm going to use this sickness. I, I know God put it on you. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to use it, okay? I can't heal you. Someday when you get to heaven, though, you will be healed and turn them away. We never see Jesus do that. But we say that Jesus did that to make ourselves feel better. And here in a second, I'm going to talk about that. What happens when we pray? and we don't see the fruit. What happens when we pray and we don't see the healing? What do we do? I'll get to that. Stay with me here. But here's what I want us to see. There's so much that we could talk about when it comes to physical healing. In fact, over a year ago, I did a, golly, I think it was an eight or nine week series on healing and, and what, what it is for, for us. So I can't get into all of it today, but here's what, here's what God put on my heart to remind us of his name, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And to remind us that we have access to it. Here's a great example. Three years ago, my wife Leslie and I and Gavin, our son, we got to go to Disney World. It was the first time for all of us, okay? Like we were all super pumped. I'd never been, Leslie never been, Gavin obviously had never been. We were going out of our minds, right? Like I'm just as, as excited to see Mickey as Gavin is, okay? Like we're pumped to go. And we get to Disney World, and as we're planning and preparing, we're talking with the planner, and she's like, hey, you need to do this, pay a little extra, get the fast pass, we got the band, all that good stuff. And it was all new to me, but I was like, man, if I got to pay a little extra to skip some lines, if I got to pay a little extra to guarantee I can get a meal and a snack and all that good stuff, like I will pay the extra, if anything, so my son can go and so that he can experience more rides, so that he can skip the two-hour wait to ride a certain ride. But imagine this. Imagine if we got there and we got into the park and Gavin said, you know, I just don't want to take advantage of everything. I just want to, I'm just happy to just be in Disney World. Like, I don't need to ride the rides. I know I got this fast pass. I know I could skip it. I don't need to do that, though, Dad. I'm just happy to be here. I don't know about you, but my response is that I would not be too happy with that response. I would say, but I paid 
extra so that you can experience the benefit of skipping the line. I paid extra for you, bro. Like, go get it, man. Like, go, and once you finish those, we'll schedule another fast pass, and we'll go to that one too. Like, go and have fun. Enjoy what I've paid for. And this is how sometimes we approach healing. I'm just happy to be in the family of God. And is that an honor? Absolutely. Do we deserve it? Absolutely not. But once again, God has things that his precious only son paid for that we say, I'm good. And Jesus is saying, but I took it all. I took it all for you. Would you have the faith to go and to believe my word and to pursue it and see what I would do? But many times we don't have the faith to ask. And God is saying today, I could do so much more in your life if you would just have the faith to ask. Gavin not using the fast pass is not a noble thing that should be rewarded. It's not a noble thing to be rewarded. I've talked to many Christians who they're suffering for Jesus, right? It, will persecution come? Yeah. But did God give me this sickness so I can suffer from, for him here? Absolutely not. Jehovah Rapha will not do that. Jehovah Rapha says, no, I'm the Lord who heals you. It's not something to, it's not a badge of honor. Look at the sickness that God gave me. No, we don't see that in his word. Jesus never said that. He was the walking, talking will of God, and he never said that. He never said it. Even without knowing it, this is how we approach healing sometimes. We have access to it, but we haven't gained enough knowledge, maybe read our Bible enough, or maybe we just kind of skipped past it to have enough access or or knowledge of the fullness of what God has purchased for us. But we must settle this in our hearts. I have to settle it in my heart. In order to receive all that God has for me, I need to make sure that I am believing the truth. The truth. Sometimes the truth is not what you've been taught. And this is why here at Abide Church I say this often. Do not take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Because I will say things that may challenge you a little bit, But this is why we give you those note-taking cards so that you can go home and get your own Bible open and read those verses in context. That's healthy. That's how we should all approach everything we hear. Let's go seek God's Word. I'm going to seek His Word personally and make sure. I have to make sure I'm believing the truth. In order to believe the truth, I must have knowledge of the truth. In Hosea 4, 6, it says this, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The New Living Translation says it like this, My people are being destroyed because they do not know me. My people are being destroyed because they do not know me. Many people are being destroyed because they don't know Jehovah Rapha intimately. They know about him. But as we said in week one, do you know about God or do you know God? If I know him, I can experience him in a more intimate way. And one of the biggest things that blocks the promises of God from coming true in our lives is a lack of knowledge. One of the biggest things that blocks the promises of God from coming true in our lives is a lack of knowledge. People say this. People will say, what you don't know won't hurt you. But God says, what you don't know will destroy you. How important is it then for me to know this book? Right? What I don't know of what he's done for me in here will destroy me. The devil will use it and abuse it, he will run and ramp it in my life because I don't know what I have access to. But that's what we're here today for. What do I have access to? 
having a lack of knowledge doesn't mean that I'm stupid. It just means I don't know it all. But I have access to the one that knows it all. Because of a lack of knowledge, here's what happens. We believe things based on the knowledge we have. I believe things based on the knowledge I currently have. And when I do that, those are called misbeliefs if they don't align with God's word. A misbelief is me basing a belief off of something that I have up here rather than what God's put in his word and in my heart. And when I'm believing, when my believing is off, it keeps me from the promises of God. It keeps me even more so, like I said earlier, from ministering the promises of God to others. And this is why in Mark 16, 17, one of the, the great, part of the great commission for you as believers, for us today, is this. It says this, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Here we go. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. But what does it follow? Belief. I have to believe the truth, not believe a misbelief that I've come up with or I've experienced in my life. Do I believe God's word? And if I do, he says, here's what you can do for the kingdom. You can spread it to other people. So as I wrap up, here's what we're going to look at. God told me to, to debunk three major misbeliefs of Jehovah Rapha. Three major misbeliefs of Jehovah Rapha. The first one is this, is that God doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't heal anymore. He used to. Yeah, Jehovah Rapha was like an exodus, but he doesn't do that so much. Let's look at a few verses again. Don't take my word for it. Let's look at God's word. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who's Jesus? He's God. Malachi 3.6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Here's the good news for us. Jehovah Rapha, he did heal, he does heal, and he'll continue to heal. Amen? He does not change. The same, yesterday, today, and forever. So, the, so some crowd participation. Are there instances in the Old Testament where the power of God healed people's bodies? Yes, right? Are there instances in the New Testament where the power of God healed people's bodies? Yes. Let's get specific. In the life of Jesus, who said he, was, he came to only do the will of the Father, are there any instances of Jesus healing people? That's the easy one, right? Yes, absolutely. Then saying that God doesn't heal anymore is an obvious misbelief. We've done that. We've said that to make ourselves feel better. Rather than, let's see what his word really says. Number one, according to scripture, that one is debunked, right? Number two is this. It's not God's will to heal. It's not God's will to heal. He can heal, but it's not always his will, right? Misbelief number two. The easiest way, in that healing series, I did a whole message on this. Not going to get into it. I'm going to give us one passage to look at, and it's from Jesus. And Jesus is teaching his disciples and us today how to pray. And he says this in Matthew 6. He says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, pray like this, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to pray and ask that the will of God take place on this earth as it is in heaven. Literally to pray to experience heaven on earth. Man, what a great God we serve. He said, you can pray and I can, I can help with that. I can help with that. But here's the question, more crowd participation. Are there migraine headaches in heaven? Are migraine headaches then the will of God? No. Your will on earth as it is in heaven. 
Is there cancer in heaven? Is cancer the will of God? No. Is there any depression in heaven? Is depression the will of God? Is there any autism in heaven? Is autism the will of God? Is there any sickness of any kind in heaven? No. So then, is any sickness of any kind the will of God? What did Jesus come to do? To show us the will of God. And he came and he destroyed sickness and death. When we look at his word and we look at him, he makes it simple. But, as I said, I'll address it here in a second. Many times, because of life experience, we second-guess the words of Jesus. We second-guess him, and he says, just trust me. Trust me. We should be praying that on this earth that we see God's will done as it is in heaven. If there's no sickness there, we can, ex- we can expect and pray for no sickness here in our lives as believers. This is why earlier we said God's will is not just what he wants to do, it is who he is. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He said, I don't allow that junk in my presence in heaven. And guess what? Whenever you become a part of my family, I put my spirit in you. You now get to carry me with you, and I don't want that junk in my presence in you either. That's what he's saying. Misbelief number three. It's God's will to heal, just not everyone. It's God's will to heal, just not everyone. In Romans 2.11, man, come on. Romans 2.11 says this. God does not show favor to one man more than to another. I don't want to burst your bubble, but God doesn't love you more than someone else, okay? But let me encourage you. He doesn't love someone else more than he loves you. Think of that. Think of some of the generals of the faith, Billy Grahams. Think of these guys. All they did for the kingdom. His love for them is just as powerful for you. Man. God cares about us all deeply. So let's do another crowd participation. You can put your hand up for this. Has anyone in here ever experienced divine healing in your life? Or you know someone who's experienced divine healing in their life? Would you raise your hand? Keep your hands up for just a second. If you don't have your hand raised, look around the room. I guess God just loves them more than he loves you, huh? Absolutely not. You can put your hand down. Absolutely not. We just looked at that. He didn't show favor to one man more than another. We just read it in his word. If God healed them, he will heal you, Jehovah Rapha. But I have to believe that. I have to believe truth, not believe a misbelief or even believe something I've been taught that I just have knowledge of in my head. Do I believe it in my heart? If I don't believe that, how can I stand in faith for anything? Number one, how can I stand in faith for myself? It's God's will to heal, just not everyone. Why would I even pray then for healing for myself? How do I know if I'm one of the ones that's qualified to receive healing? How would I pray for someone? Imagine praying for someone. They say, hey, I need prayer for healing. I lay my hands on them. What am I going to be doing in my mind? Uh, God, if you will heal them. Uh, but in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't 
Don't know if it's his will. How can I even operate the great commission in confidence who says lay hands on the sick and they will recover if I don't even believe this? I have no confidence. That's why he said, I'll settle it for you and make it easy. Believe my word above any word. And he said, when you do that, here's what you can expect. And here's how you can steward the kingdom just like Jesus stewarded the kingdom. God wants you to be healed. Healing is a part of the salvation package. Your Savior, he suffered and he died, not just so that you can be free from sin, but so that you can be free from sickness and disease. He bore your sickness, and it disfigured him so much that he didn't even look like a human. Why? For you, for your healing today. He said, give it to me. I'll take it. I'm strong enough. I'm man enough. I'm God enough to do something about it. Give it to me. Give me your sin. Give me your sickness. Let me take it. Let me take it. Don't We cannot let a lack of knowledge of God's word keep us from the promises of God anymore. We have got to personally get in his word, not just come to church once in a while. I've got to get in his word. I have to study it. I need to be in his presence daily so that I can believe truth. Any lack of knowledge in my life of his word will destroy me because I have an enemy who is a deceiver and he will look through ways to try to get at me because of the way that I'm believing and the limited knowledge I have. I need to have great knowledge of God's word and take that factor away from him. Take those, those weapons out of his arsenal. Knowledge, a lack of it will destroy me. Misbeliefs from the lack of knowledge are even worse. Don't fall into the pit of misbeliefs. Jehovah Rapha still heals. Jehovah Rapha's will is to heal, and Jehovah Rapha wants to heal you. I got to believe it, though. So here's the big question, then. What do I do when my experience doesn't align with God's word? One last crowd participation. How many of you have ever prayed for someone to be healed? and you didn't see something happen right away. Put your hand down. What do I do? There's two options. The first one's the right option, and it's this. I can begin to require that my experiences, I can require them to rise to the standard of the Word of God. Simply meaning this. I still, no matter what I prayed and did or did not see, I still choose to believe God's word over my experience. Can I tell you that's the, that's the toughest decision? Because I've laid hands on people and I've watched them pass away. I prayed for life and I prayed for healing and they still died. And my flesh and my mind wants to say, guess you don't know God guess you don't know Jehovah Rapha. Maybe it's not all true. But my spirit says, life experience is this big compared to God's word. Life experience is not truth. His word is truth. Life experience has no power to set me free. His word has power to set me free. God honors his word. He does not honor life experience. God honors his word. He does not honor an inaccurate interpretation of his word. The second option is that I can lower my standard then of my life to match my experiences. 
And if we want to live this way, if you want to live this way, it's going to be a bumpy life. Because what, here's what I do. I, I basically say then this, my experience becomes the standard then. So I'm going to pray with fingers crossed that someone might be healed. Maybe they might. I'm going to pray for my healing. God might have, he might do it, he might not. Fingers crossed. There's no faith in that. And at that point, if I do that, what I've done is I've taken God off the throne of the lordship of my life, and I've put my experiences there instead. So I believe my experiences rather than God's word. I have to fight. And this is why we're in spiritual warfare. I have to fight to keep God's word on the throne and to trust God's word above my experience because experience will lie to me and the devil will take my experiences and he'll twist it just like he's done from the very beginning. And he will say, well, did God really mean, where did he say that? In, in Genesis, he will use your experience to say it's not his will. But his word says, look at this for my will. I've seen victories of healings. Man, miraculous things. I've also laid hands on the sick and I've watched them die. And it's in this moment where there's this revealing and this vulnerability that shows myself, speaking from experience, how well do I know Jesus? How well do I know Jesus? Whether I got the answer or whether I did not. Because when I don't get it, it really shows how well do I know Jesus? Because what was Jesus' reaction when he showed up to one of his dearest friends whom he loved, Lazarus' tomb? He's been dead for days. And Jesus shows up. And as he shows up, this is the, the popular verse, Jesus wept, right? The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. We all know that. He wept. But then in the very next verse, it says that he also groaned within himself. That has a righteous anger. As a, as a stallion would stomp their foot at death. It infuriated him that sickness and death would take someone he loves. There's a time when I lose someone, when I've prayed for a family member and they've died. There's a time where I weep. Jesus wept. It's okay. But there's also a time where I say, devil, you messed up. And I have a little bit of that Jesus righteous anger in me and says, God, I know you put your power in me. I'm going to go out. I'm going to do something <laughs> about sickness and about death. Jesus, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, once again, in partnership with us, he said, does someone have the faith to move the stone so that we can get to him? If no one moves the stone, Jesus doesn't raise Lazarus from the dead. Do I have the faith to believe that God will work when I do my part? If so, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, will go to work. Search the scriptures day after day to find truth. If I don't know truth, then I can never truly be free. Jehovah Rapha is the Lord who heals you in 2021. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for your power today. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is more true than any experience. It's more true than any report. It's more true than anyone's ever said or spoken over us. We believe your word above any other word. 
God, today we just ask you to move. Ask you to move today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com. 